Welcome to 20 Minute Topic, I'm Marcus Stead and I'm joined as usual by veteran campaigner and blogger Greg Lance Watkins. This week we're talking about groupthink and the impact of social media. Far from encouraging healthy debate and exposing people to new ideas, social media appears to be encouraging people to engage with echo chambers, namely people who share the same views as them. Greg, I don't think groupthink is a particularly new concept. And I think back to the autumn of 2002, when I started at university in Liverpool. And I was aware then that I was entering a goldfish bowl of sorts. And I made a very conscious decision to do two things. The first was to make sure that at least some of my friends were outside the university bubble, whether that was staying in touch with friends of mine from back home who didn't go to university or whatever. And the other decision I made was to spend at least some of my time when I was not on course or studying or what have you outside of the university campus because you find at universities that a lot of people are cut from the same cloth. There were a lot of people from fairly middle class backgrounds. A lot of them were on the left politically. Um, So as such, I don't think goldfish bowls and living in goldfish bowls is a new thing that's come about as a result of social media. I think it has always been there. I wouldn't disagree with you. However, these particular goldfish bowls have been more of a movable feast um, as social media increases. There have always been goldfish bowls, I agree. Um, uh, Classically, the family goldfish bowl. the street you lived in, Goldfish Bowl, the school you went to, Goldfish Bowl, um, the factory you worked in, they've always been there. However, they are more of a movable feast now in that people who aren't of a Goldfish Bowl can move into the one that suits them on a social basis, which couldn't be done historically. Yes, I understand why you're saying that, and I think there's a lot of truth in it. Uh, I I also think you can link historic goldfish bowls, if you like, to the very concept of safe seats in Parliament. Why do X number of thousand people in the Welsh Valleys or in the northern England old mill towns consistently vote Labour, and in other parts of the country they vote Conservative? There is an element of goldfish bowl there. But social media far from being social, has actually done the opposite. Rather than expanding people's horizons and opening them up to new points of view and new ideas, we have confirmation bias and people following each other on Twitter who think in the same way as them and behave in the same way as them and and give them X number of likes because they're following each other. And then they fall into dangerous traps of believing the whole of society thinks and behaves in that way where it is far from the truth and there are numerous examples of this the Corbynista supporters who seem to be getting more and more fanatical online as time goes by Welsh nationalists Scottish nationalists Welsh language fanatics vegans uh, uh, the climate change movement all of these groups are 
creating a cult-like culture online and in line with the worst kind of religious fanaticism without the, the doctrine backing it up and i think this is leading us to be in very dangerous territories particularly as traditional socializing is breaking down um very few younger people are in the habit of spending two or three evenings a week in a pub they are likely to stay at home and spend far more time in front of their goldfish bowl on twitter or on any other social media platform i think this is leading to a fragmentation of society and a dangerous one at that i think one of the problems is that people need to get out a lot more um their goldfish bowl is becoming more of a mirror and they're lining up people who fit the mirror um our political parties uh, we had two political parties quite respectable organizations um somewhat tribal in some areas um but now cu coming in on the edges of these um shall we say grown up political parties are the extremes within those grown up political parties and the new parties which are cults whether it's the cult of corbynism the cult of um the farage party whatever that's called this week whether it's called brexit or as it was before leave eu or as it was before ukip it's always been a the farage cult hmm. um we've now got um the lib dims who um are a cult of no political ethic or integrity um it just like the corbynistas purely seeking power by being a cult hmm. um and um, yes i think it is very dangerous yes and to go back to where i started with this going back to my experiences of university university campuses even in my era and that was what 2002 to 2005 when the internet had already t uh, had already become commonplace and was an essential tool but social media had not taken off facebook didn't exist youtube didn't exist twitter didn't exist the nearest we had to social media was msn instant messenger there's one for the teenagers but what i found was that people on a university campus is even walking into one now it's like entering a different world you go on a university campus now today's university students right now have no meaningful recollection of the 2003 iraq war they can't remember when nightclubs were really nightclubs and they can't remember even things like grandstand being on bbc one on a saturday afternoon now people of my generation 35 it doesn't feel like all that long ago but to them they have no recollection of this so even the fairly recent past is non-existent now that's the culture of a university goldfish bowl there and the fact that university particularly since tuition fees came in has become a broadly speaking middle class um, atmosphere there is a very tight and an increasingly tight demographic of person who goes to university 
and particularly travels to university and therefore it becomes even more of a goldfish bowl so i would say to the people congratulations to all those who did well in their a levels by the way got their results the other day and those going on to university good luck to you but i would say take on board what the decision i made in 2002 make sure that of your peers of your own age group there are at least some people who are not at university who who have gone down a different path and also when you if you are going to a different city or town to university spend at least some of your time outside of that bubble whether that's um taking a part-time job which will bring you into contact with different sorts of people or whether it's simply going to the pub on a sunday afternoon and mingling with local people while you watch the sunday afternoon football i think that would be that's very good advice I would give young people to go into university. And you know what, Greg, I've said all that. I haven't even touched on social media in my comments there. Yeah, true. Um, it, you've touched on social, but not in media terms. Um, the difference between even it would seem your generation and mine, um, and I'm nearly twice your age. You're more uh, than twice my age. Yeah, all right. Be picky. <laughs> um, the difference is that I remember pubs when you can go in the pub and you could sit down at a table and you'd be sitting with an 80-year-old supping a, um, a pint mm. um, and you'd have somebody who was 18 all sitting at the same table chatting. Mm. Yeah. I can't even think of a pub locally where you get that spread of age, leave alone on the same table. Hmm. And this is something the Queen said in her Christmas message a few years ago. I clearly remember her saying this. She hinted that one of, as much as she ever really expresses an opinion on anything, one of the main problems with Britain, particularly as it is today, is that the different generations don't have anything like enough to do with each other compared to even the culture on continental Europe, where I know through, I've got relations in Italy, I know that what you're talking about does still go on in Italy, where you will converse and mix with people of different generations. And that is important because not only do you, do you learn from mistakes that previous generations have made, but it, op- it broadens your horizons. You learn about new experiences. It's like my generation when I was a kid, we were realistically the last generation who could ask our grandparents what it was like during World War II to live through it and fight in it. Now, that generation is passing on now. There aren't that many of them left. Um, Another 10, 15 years, there won't be any of them left, sadly. Um, and, And you are richer for knowing these stories, not only so you don't repeat the mistakes, but knowledge for its own sake. Um, so I think what you're saying is absolutely correct, that the different generations don't have any enough to do with each other, and also the different demographics don't have enough to do with each other. And that was the point I was getting at. If you are a student, don't think that every young person thinks like a middle-class remain-voting student, because we learned, didn't we, in this 2016 referendum, the overwhelming majority of university-educated young people voted remain, but you go out into the ex-mining industrial areas and you find young people who are not going to university, who are struggling to get a job, who voted leave, because for them, the EU, globalism, free market economy is not working for them. And if you are a young person, you need to have, you'll certainly benefit from having that perspective in your life as well. And you know what? It goes further than that. BBC journalists and many mainstream media outlets, but particularly the BBC, 
they operate within a goldfish bowl because, again, they've gone from university, very often Oxbridge universities, into the BBC. And from that day, they live within the London bubble. And from that day where they start work to the sad day they're taken to the crematorium, they are largely, if not completely unaware, of the world outside that goldfish bowl, which is why, this is for another podcast on another day, the increasing detachment between the mainstream media and the audiences they claim to serve. Uh, and the collapsing audiences, because the audience is, has moved away from them. Yes, absolutely it has. So let's move on then to the this, this idea of social media, or anti-social media as it has become. You and I have both experienced targeted mobs, not because we've said anything outrageous or offensive, but we, because we've gone against what this goldfish bowl is used to. Um, I had an issue the other day with um, somebody I know who is, her profile has risen quite considerably in the last 12 months, a very, very talented writer. She was targeted extremely aggressively by one of these goldfish bowls, and I'm not going to say which one on here because it's an ongoing issue. Maybe in time I will. But how can we, what advice can we give to young people in particular, not just young people now because this is happening all over the place, People aren't going to the pub and mixing with people and hearing a range of views and different perspectives. They're going on social media, on Twitter. They're following people who think in the same way they do and reinforce the views they already have. They take on board the evidence that backs up that viewpoint, shout down and abuse any evidence that goes against that viewpoint, and then they reach the conclusion that those who disagree with them or those who take a different view are not only wrong, but bad. Now, you can think somebody is wrong as much as you like. That's okay. But when you think somebody is bad, that you think they are motivated by evil or deliberate wrongdoing by expressing that view, you are in dangerous ground. Now, people think I'm bad because of my views on being, being anti-EU, as I am believing in freedom of choice on Welsh language provision, the will of the parent. I don't believe in compulsory Welsh language provision. Um, I, I am a pescatarian, but I'm not a vegan. A lot of the vegan mob online would think that I am bad. Um, and this is the mentality. They, they become so insulated in these viewpoints that they what? think anyone who thinks differently is bad. That's how it seems to me. Anyone, but particularly the young, what advice can we... And, and in this age where so many of them, it seems to me, are not really having face-to-face conversations or even phone conversations with each other, they've got their heads permanently buried in screens doing one thing or another, particularly mobile phone screens, what advice can we give them so that they can avoid this sort of narrow confirmation bias, again, use the phrase again, goldfish bowl, How can we say to them, just be aware that beyond these people you follow are people quite legitimately who have different views to you, who are very nice, decent people, their hearts are in the right place, you are entitled to disagree with them, you are entitled to tell them you think they've got it badly wrong, but that doesn't give you the right to think that they are bad people, and that doesn't give you a right to use aggressive, abusive language or wish them dead or anything like that. Because it does seem to me that an increasing number of people are thinking in exactly that way. Um, increasing numbers of people are acting in exactly that way. Hmm. Uh, look at the rise of 
knife crime and violence mm. of that ilk, mm. um, I think the only advice you can give people is be aware that it is not a benevolent world they live in. It's a largely malevolent world and always look out for who is exploiting you and why. And we've got this problem. When I was at university and I was on student radio, I had very lively debates on my show with people on the far left, vegans, you name it. Many, many debates on the EU. Then we would go to the bar downstairs and have a drink together quite often. I'm not convinced that today's university students' equivalent are doing the same thing. They're not allowed to. You get no platform the second that you don't agree with the bubble. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I had issues with um, no platforming uh, when I was at university when I tried yep. to invite Peter Hitchens up, as you know, but that's another story. But I think this sort of thing is intensified now that particularly young people are not used to being exposed to opinions they don't like. And we got this big discussion on now onto the issue of safe zones, because I think it ties in with this goldfish bowl mentality. I've read instances recently of, well, for example, George Galloway, whatever you may think of him, no longer seems to accept invitations to speak at universities because he thinks it isn't worth it. I've heard instances of controversial guests being invited to speak at universities and people in the corridor outside hugging each other in tears. And it's not because anything bad has happened to them. They've just heard an opinion they don't agree with. Um, they seem unduly distressed by that. I think that because, and again, this is because the, the students in question have just lived their whole lives being surrounded by people who think in the same way they do, and they are not used to hearing perfectly legitimate opinions, which they are entitled to disagree with without... I, I, don't, I think they probably do feel offended by it. I don't think they're faking it. I just don't think they know how to cope with opinions they don't like. I um, don't think that they actually should be at university. They obviously haven't got the basic education to understand that university is about learning, not about reinforcing a narrow, boring, tedious and idiotic single opinion. Yes, that, that is true. So on, on a final note then, some of the responsibility for this, when you, when you hear these stories about no platforming and the goldfish bowl culture of a university campus and the various confirmation biases we see on social media, we have to accept that a lot of the blame for this lies with the older generation, the parents and the teachers for not getting a grip of the situation. If you were to give advice to parents in particular to prevent their children from getting trapped in this mindset is this just a simple case of that you need to encourage we need to encourage our own children to mix with different generations and explain to them that look some people are richer than us some people are poorer than us some people vote for a different party to, to the one we vote for and they're not bad people because of it and this note that doesn't give you the right to start calling them every name under the sun or to abuse them there is a real problem with people particularly the young, but it's by no means confined to the young, accepting that we are allowed to disagree 
And not only does that sometimes mean we have to agree to differ, but you know what? We can actually be friends with people we disagree with. That seems to be completely lost from the narrative these days. I would agree with you entirely. Um, I would rather discuss um, a given issue with someone with a good education who's thought it through, who totally disagrees with me, Mm. because I might learn something from them. Mm. Talking to somebody who has identical thoughts to mine is just bloody boring. Mm. Stay at home and talk to yourself. I think a lot of young people would benefit from hearing this week's podcast. Join us again next week when we'll be debunking the theory of man-made climate change. My thanks as always to Greg, and my thanks to you for listening. See you next week.